Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show lined up for you. Tony and I are going to talk about cost versus value. Uh, this is a report that comes out every year. They track different projects around the home, and they talk to realtors all over the country, and they come up with a number that, uh, that says this, you spend this much on this project, this is what you can expect to get out of it. Yeah. And they even have it broken out into region, which, you know, we've looked at. And uh, we've broken out the Pacific Northwest because that's where Tony and I live. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that have to be considered. This is not a roadmap, um, but it is maybe a road sign, right? It gives you some direction. It gives you some ideas, some things to look at. It, it gives you some understanding of how decisions are made, um, but it doesn't tell you exactly what you need to do. So what, what we want to do right now, Corey, I feel like we should probably spend a couple of minutes talking about how this list of items can be interpreted. Like uh, if I'm looking at one of the items on there and it says you get great return on your investment of, in, of installing a swimming pool. <laughs> let's say, let's say installing yeah, yeah, yeah. a swimming pool. I mean, we know that's totally false. Right, but... right, we do. <laughs> well, here, right? Maybe not, oh, yeah. in, maybe not in California. Or, yeah, Arizona. Or Arizona, or sure. Sunny, you probably I think do. everybody's got a pool in Arizona. Um, but here in the Pacific, or at least at the very last, least uh, in Portland, Oregon, um, a pool is probably not something that gives you a really good return on your investment because the majority of people buying your home when you sell it We'll probably not be looking for that, even even if you are. Um, so, but let's think about that for just a second, Corey. It says that the cost of this project is going to be fifteen thousand, and you're going to recoup um, seven. How about this? This is a, a bad return on investment. The cost of the project is going to be fifteen thousand, and you're going to recoup seven. Does that mean if you go down to Walmart and buy a three hundred and fifty dollar uh, pool and set that above ground pool up there uh, that you're going to recoup, at, you know, all the rest of that money, uh, <laughs> no, that, that $6,500. No. no, it doesn't. That's not what this is saying. This is saying all things considered based on your situation, based on the products that you choose, based on the, the, uh, the work that the contractor does and all of these things considered, this is an average. So, we want you to take the information we're going to give you kind of with a grain of salt, right? And uh, and use it to better understand what you could be doing going forward. Well, Tony, you just said a key word there. You said contractor. This report does not take into consideration sweat equity, which as weekend warriors, as what we do, we do a lot of the work ourselves. So the value that you're going to get out of a project is automatically going to be boosted. Anything you do yourself is going to be uh, valued at more money as long as you're doing it to the standards of a contractor would do. I mean, if somebody came in and they couldn't tell the difference between your work or a you know professional contractor's work, I think that boosts your your uh, your value. But contrary to that, 
if you're doing work and somebody walks in and says, ooh, DIY person yeah. did these floors. Yeah. Or look at that DIY caulking job or that DIY tiling job. You know, you could hurt your value. Yeah, don't want to get labeled. No, you're right, Tony. You definitely have to keep your standards up. I think if you would tackle or attack any home improvement project, you know, like Tony and I do, I like to look at those projects and I give my, I critique myself. I am a perfectionist. I like to look at things and not be able to tell or have someone not be able to tell that I did it. I want them to come in and say, man, this is beautiful. That tile work is amazing. Who did that? And I'll say, well, I did that. And they would say, I would never have guessed. I hold myself to that standard. And I think that as a home improvement weekend warrior, I think all of us should. Agreed. And here's another angle, right? You're talking about finish work that you did as a weekend warrior, and it turned out professional grade, and that is awesome. Let's look at this from another angle. Maybe you choose demo. Maybe you choose demo and cleanup. Demo, cleanup, and, and shopping, right? If you have, if you're building a, a relationship with your contractor and you're telling your contractor, there are things that I can do, I'm capable, maybe I don't grout tile, but I can demo that, I can clean that up, I can go shopping for your stuff, I can haul stuff back and forth, I can save you time, you just put me to work. That's a very good point. There are a lot of opportunities that in any remodel or any project, even if you do hire a subcontractor, a lot of times you can talk to them and say, hey, let me do that demo or hey, let me do the cleaning, just like you said. Let me pack lumber for you. That is uh, sweat equity. Yeah. Let me haul off the trash. There's a lot of things you can do if you're willing to do the work to save the money. A lot of times it's grunt work or it's hard work or it's not fun work. But the fact is, the contractor doesn't want to do it any more than you do, so he'll hire a kid. Well, if he's not hiring a kid, then you're, he's hiring you. And if he's hiring you, you're saving that money. You see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things, like you said, Corey, that you can do to save money on a project, but you have to be willing. Here's another thing I want to talk about. You want to choose the project. You want to choose the right materials, and you want to take it to the right degree when you're working on your project. If you have chosen a pool and you said you went down to Walmart and got Walmart pool, well, that's going the opposite direction. That's not giving it enough attention, or it's not giving it enough um, quality. The opposite end of that spectrum... It could be a really high-quality Walmart pool. It probably could. The opposite end of that spectrum is is all of the aggregate work that goes around, having a landscaper come out and, and, and plant new trees, having a waterfall, having LED lights, having, you know mood lighting or a cover put over it at some point in there you have to decide i'm overspending on this project and because i'm overspending on this project i'm not going to get back the percentage that i was expecting so as you overspend on whatever project it is the percentage that you're expected to get back can come down if it doesn't fit in your neighborhood Corey would say this if you are um, going to be siding your house because your siding is rotten and you live in a million dollar home and the homes around you are million dollar homes, then you need to do a million dollar job. But if you live in a $200,000 home and the homes around you are 200,000, you need to do a $200,000 job. Yeah. If buying the right products and doing the right projects in for your neighborhood is so big. If you want to recoup that value, that's really what this is about today. The That's cost right. versus value. If you want to spend $100,000 on your siding, 
go right ahead. That's your that's you your can prerogative. Do, yeah, yeah, you can course, do that. Of course. But you know, you're just not gonna get the value back out of it because somebody walking in to buy your home when you sell it, you just they're not gonna they're gonna say, whatever. I don't I don't want a hundred thousand dollar siding. Yeah. I can't buy this house because it's overpriced. Why is it overpriced? Well, it's overpriced because I have to recoup recoup that money that I spent on this part of the project. And they say, well, that's not my problem. This house is worth this much money, and that's what I'm willing to pay for it. Absolutely. Okay, we've got a lot of things to cover in a short period of time, so don't go away. You're listening to Tony and Corey, Your Weekend Words, and we'll be right back. Being a homeowner in today's market isn't easy. With families hanging on to their homes longer, energy efficiency and long-term quality have become top priorities. Future generations will benefit from the choices you make today. Make the right choice. Invest in your family's future with Plygem Windows, available at Area Par Lumber locations. You'll enjoy designer, low-maintenance windows at a price that won't jeopardize the kids' college fund. They're approved by the National Association of Home Builders and Energy Star Certified. So why do people shop at PAR? Because we know that people who want to build need selection, competitive pricing, on-time delivery, and real experts who really know how to give expert advice. Just ask Shana. We help design projects all the time. Let's take a look at your plans. That's why people shop at PAR. If you've got a project you need help with, visit any one of our PAR locations across the Pacific Northwest. To find a location near you, visit PARR.com. For a look that reflects your style, choose Marvin Windows and Doors. They'll enhance the essence of a room and the character of a home. Beautifully crafted with the most extensive selection of customizable options, it's easy to complement your vision. Marvin Windows and Doors are sold only at independent dealers who understand your home is more than your address. It's a feeling you create in a place that holds your dreams. Marvin Windows and Doors built around you. Find exceptional service and inspiration at Par Design Center, your local Marvin dealer. Start your project with a trip to their Aloha location, where Par Design Center's experts can help you find easy and stylish replacement solutions for your next remodeling project. Family owned and operated since 1930. Go where the builders go. Par Design Center. Call Par Design Center at 503-614-2655 or visit online at par.com. That's P-A-R-R.com. Trex is the world's number one decking brand and the inventor of wood alternative composite decking. Trex is committed to helping you create a low maintenance backyard retreat that can handle the outdoors without depleting them and will do so for decades because your weekends should be spent relaxing on your deck, not repairing it. Choose from four distinct collections in 21 colors to meet any design aesthetic on any budget with the comfort of a 25 year fade and stain warranty. Trex, outdoor living elevated. Visit Trex.com for more. When you want to enhance your home's curb appeal with the look of real wood, choose real wood, like Shakertown Cedar Siding. The genuine natural color and grain of Shakertown products offers a great cedar siding solution for your project, adding dimension and drama to your home's exterior. Whether you select individual sidewall shakes, pre-manufactured Craftsman shingle panels, or pre-primed Cedar Cove shingle panels, 
your cedar siding will stand the test of time, outlasting building trends and its competition. Made with 100% clear vertical grain heartwood cedar, nothing compares to the rich appearance and outstanding performance of our cedar shingle panels. They resist the effects of the sun, rain, pests, and time. For 50 years, Shakertown has been beautifying and protecting homes. A true American original. Visit Shakertown.com to learn more. At PAR, we're more than just lumber. Because we know people want more than just lumber. That's why we sell grills, sealers, stains, wheelbarrows, rags, bags, extension cords, shop lights, saws, blades, ladders, and oh yeah, Yeti coolers and Yeti thermoses. Visit your local PAR Lumber and find any one of the many, many things that we sell every single day. Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, Tony and I are talking about cost versus value. Every year, there's a report that comes out by uh, Hanley Wood. It's the uh, remodeling magazine, uh, trade magazine. And uh, they interview potential real estate agents or, or potentially contractors, and they find out what projects cost. And they talk to the real estate agents and find out how much that value would add to a home. Right. And they compiled this big list over the entire country, and then uh, Tony and I are talking about just the the West. Yeah, and and the, honestly, what we're going to be talking about is all the different types of projects you can be doing in your home, and those are going to be broken up a little bit. Also, they break it up by upscale project and mid range project, and and honestly, the way that they describe the differences between the two are kind of just by giving you some examples. In a, if you were doing a kitchen remodel, for example, in your upscale kitchen remodel, you would have a stone uh, countertop, a solid surface countertop, maybe with cabinets with self um, or with soft clothes, soft clothes on the doors and drawers, right? Um, and you know, maybe a, a an out of some upscale appliances, upscale, mid range. On the other hand. A laminate countertops, maybe with cabinets with doors and drawers that don't have soft clothes. You see, there's there's always going to be entry-level products, and there's going to be high-end products. And depending on your situation, like we mentioned, where you live, what the homes around you look like, the value of your home now, when you're making those decisions, it's important to make those decisions and be informed. And so whether you're talking about an, an upscale project or a mid-range project, Corey and I are going to give you some examples of projects that we've done that were just those. Honestly, to be honest with you, completely, almost every project Corey does is upscale. And almost every project I do is mid-range. I live in a mid-range home. Corey lives in an upscale home. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, and so, but the most important part of it is that we, we do our home improvement projects based on that information. We know what our limit is and we stay in there. Yeah, no, you make a good point. I mean, we talked about that the previous uh, segment about, you know, choosing the right projects for your neighborhood. I wouldn't say that the projects I do are upscale. Oh, they definitely are for sure. I mean, 
We could let the listeners decide because you're going to talk about your upscale backyard patio, patio project. And then we can talk about my mid-range patio project. Okay, so let's talk about this. So yeah. the first thing on our list and that the first thing on uh, this cost versus value report is a backyard patio. And they es- estimate that the cost of that patio would cost $63,000 and that the resale value that you would recoup out of it is $40,000. So you're really getting back about 63% of that cost. That is actually up from the previous year by quite a bit. Last year, they estimated around 57000 and that you would only recoup 55%. Oh, yeah. So a backyard patio project is, and they're calling this a mid-range, where they're installing a lift and slide door, several panel lift and slide door, a mini fridge, a pergola, um, a patio with a, a built-in kitchen, gas lines, electrical. I mean, this is a pretty, pretty decent project. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot, and they and they include the furniture, they include the grill, they include the uh, outdoor kitchen, they include even a big old door, like you just said, that comes out onto the patio. So they've considered all of these things, whether you're doing them all or not. Corey's included a shed. Corey's included. Um, new landscaping. He 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 reseeded his grass. Um, he put down one big patio and a smaller patio. There was a lot of things that in, were included in your thing that made yours a more upscale project. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we, in this project that you know, in my backyard project, we did uh, pavers, paver patio, and it was I don't know, twelve hundred square feet. It was pretty big. We did a patio. Uh, with a fire pit, you know, bump out, and, and it wrapped around the side of the house all the way down to the front. We did a retaining wall. Uh, we did a brand new fence all the way around. Uh, we did a hot tub pad, but also out of pavers. Put a fence around that. And like you said, all new landscaping, uh, all new grass. We yeah. Did, we did sod grass. Yeah, in my opinion, an upscale project. So you could look at that and you could say, whether it says mid-range or upscale or whatever between the two, sometimes they don't list both. Sometimes they only list one. Uh, Maybe there's not something that they're looking at that's even more upscale than that. (laughs) But uh, but mine was definitely a step back from that. Uh, My question to you, Corey, is how do you feel about a 50... 5% return on your investment. How do you feel about that? Well, see, and that's kind of the, what we were talking about in the first segment about, you know, DIY. I did a lot of the work myself and the money that I put into this, you know, what they're saying here, $63,000 is what it would cost to do that project. I spent a fraction of that. I mean, I I probably spent $15,000 on everything back here. So 15, I spent 15 grand. I mean, I'm, I would expect that I would be more like 150% return on investment because of the amount of work that you did yourself. Yes. And that plays a big part of what we're talking about. Uh, and, and so yours fits very good in your neighborhood. Your neighborhood, Corey is densely populated. It is an old growth area where, Homes have been built for a while. The all of the trees are grown up and beautiful and majestic. the The street is uh, has history, right? There's there's not a lot of um, 
weird anomalies that are going on. You know, the, the neighbors are ever present. And so you live in a great neighborhood. And, and the population, like I say, is dense around here. Um, the, where I live, the population is very rural. It's very uh, small, population 600. Um, there's very few new or remodeled homes around my area. So really my project, my backyard patio project, which I also did recently, needed to be smaller. It needed to be on a lower scale. It needed to be different, actually. I also laid new sod in my backyard. I also built a patio cover over a 12 by 20 patio. And, and my patio cover was uh, exposed beam, stained clear. It's really pretty, but I didn't spend nearly the amount of money. And I feel like because of that, the, the less amount of money that I spent, did all of the work myself, did not pay a single contractor to come out and do my work. Although I had a contractor with me, uh, I leveraged a relationship. I leveraged a relationship. I know you did some of that as well. I did, yeah. Um, and so I, I, we got the work done. It looks absolutely amazing. But I am certain that my return on investment was huge for my project. But yeah. it was but it was substantially smaller than your project. Yeah. And uh, you know, like you said, uh, do, building for the neighborhood, my backyard patio project does fit in with my neighborhood. It really does. I mean, there's a lot of nicely manicured, well cared for lawns in my neighborhood. So, right. you know, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to put something like that in my backyard. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's gorgeous. I absolutely love it. Thank and you. It's a prime example of how you can get the very best out of your project by putting in some sweat equity, doing some work. And again, it doesn't have to be the finished work. It just needs to be a portion of the work that somebody would have had to be paid to do in order for you to save that money and therefore increase the percentage that you can recoup on that project. Um, so that's that's just the first of so many projects that we're going to talk about, uh, a backyard patio, but it definitely is one that you can tackle and really in, increase the resale value of your home. Yeah, honestly, 63% return on investment is really good. That's that in on this list, that's a fair amount of money return on investment. So if you think about doing a lot of that work yourself, that number is going to be way bigger than 63%. It also begs to be said that if your backyard is already in really good shape and then you do it, you know, it depends on the change. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, more cost versus value. Listen to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. If you haven't already, go check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube right now. Subscribe to our page, like us, follow us. We would really appreciate that. Tony and I are uh, doing video podcasts now, so you can go watch our show yeah. on YouTube. We're on all over Instagram at WW Home Show, uh, all over Facebook and Pinterest at WW Home Show. Uh, go check us out. If you've ever uh, have a question or comment, we love hearing from you. I've been getting a lot of uh, emails lately. Email us at the uh, no, it's Weekend Warriors 
at par.com. Weekend Warriors at par.com. That's right. Absolutely. Shoot us your comments. We love, love, love hearing from you. Um, We're super insecure, so we have to to get feedback in order for us to uh, be able to continue to do this. So (laughs) (laughs) that is completely untrue. Uh, But I did want to say that we are also uh, podcasting our show, so you can subscribe to our podcast. Uh, There's a little widget on our website. If you go to par.com, that's P-A-R-R.com, click on our Weekend Warriors link. That'll take you over to our uh, Weekend Warriors page. Um, Should be up and running now, but it's uh, www.homeshow.com. That's right. And uh, all of our stuff is on there. You can click on all of our links. You can subscribe, like, whatever. You can even leave comments there. So, yeah, do that. Yeah, there's some pretty good video content up there. We talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, we've got some video podcasts up there, which are kind of fun to watch. Uh, it's fun to, you know, poke at Corey's facial hair, which mm-hmm. I enjoy. So uh, you can definitely find that up there, and well, we'd love to hear you from know, Tony, you. The bigger thing on there is our how-to videos. Where yeah, we Tony got and I are, are bringing you along. We're doing YouTube this year. We're, we're going to do a bunch of how-to videos, tool reviews, just us being silly, really. Yeah, but, you really. Know, a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Go check it out. Check it out. All right, so before the break, uh, last segment, we were talking about a backyard patio. Tony and I have recently, in the last couple of years, redone our backyard patios. The biggest takeaway from this, to me, is the 63% return on a $63,000 budget. And that's having a contractor come in, start to finish, do everything. Yeah. If you do... Any portion. Any portion. That return on your, that cost recouped is going to go up. That's right. Period. Yeah. And the cost, the cost of the project goes down. It costs you less to do it. And the percentage that you get back is increased. Absolutely. So uh, let's move inside the house. The next project on the list, they have a bathroom, bathroom project. We'll just call it, lump them all together. We'll call it bathroom project. They've separated them out into a bathroom addition and then a bathroom remodel. And there's a big difference there. Adding a bathroom, you know, any sort of adding a bathroom is going to be quite a bit more expensive. Adding a bathroom when there's not one there already is obviously more expensive. Yeah, you're talking plumbing, you know, you're talking, and if it doesn't exist and you got to bump out, I mean, that's, that's even more money yet. Yeah, you could be changing a structural wall that's only two by four, and making it two by six so that you can fit the plumbing inside there. Uh, all of that stuff. Whereas if you're just upgrading the facilities that are inside of the bathroom that's already there, then you're just remodeling it and that's substantially less expensive. As a matter of fact, the the additional bathroom is somewhere in the $50,000 range, which seems like a lot of money to spend um, on a bathroom. But if you that that's adding it. Yeah, you they're can, calling a mid-range bathroom addition to have a contractor come in add on to your home you're physically pouring a foundation you're adding square footage you're adding a tub a toilet a sink and all of that stuff that would cost you around 55 grand and they're saying that you would get back on that 37,000 that was that would be if you added it on and immediately sold your home that's what you would get back out of it right 67% return on that investment which is up from last year. Last year, it was only 60% return on investment. So the takeaway from that is that 
people want more bathrooms. Right. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> and then this, right? that's right. And like we've said during the last, uh, the last project we were talking about, the current conditions matter. Now, do you have five bad bathrooms and you're adding a sixth? Or do you have one bad bathroom and you're adding a second? You see, these things matter, right? If you if you have five bathrooms and you're adding a sixth bathroom, it's not going to give you as big of a, a, a return on your investment. But if you've only got one bathroom and three bedrooms and you're adding a second bathroom, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a huge deal. And that is definitely going to give you your very best return on investment. So that part of the situation matters. Um, also... Is the bathroom that you're adding a full bathroom or is it a half bath? Uh, does it have a, a shower and a tub and a, you know, a double vanity with big mirrors and all of the things heated floor? Obviously, this comes right back to what we talked about before is you're building the bathroom or remodeling the bathroom to fit your home and the neighborhood that your home is in. Well, in, in here on this list, they break it out. They have a mid-range bathroom addition and an upscale bathroom addition. And honestly, the, the upscale is an extra $45,000. It's almost double, man. Almost double. But, you know, in that you're going to get uh, the... You're going to get a bigger space, obviously. It's more like a master bathroom addition with a soaking tub, a shower, a separate toilet, a double vanity. You're going to get solid stone surface countertops. That one, may even, that one may even have a bidet. You, you think it would have a I bidet? Think, I, I think no if you're way. spending $100,000 on a bathroom, maybe I have to add a bidet. <laughs> I, I just want a bidet. I'm just but... saying, you know, it's not going to be a composting toilet, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, but either way, the uh, the upscale bathroom, they say that you'll get 66% return on that investment. So 67 to 66, you know, when you're buying those higher end uh, things for a higher end home, yeah, you're going to get more money, but you might not get as much money back out of it. Now, this brings me to another portion of the decision making process. Corey and I talk about this all the time. It's not always numbers, folks. It's not. Here's another thing. If you're in a home that you're going to live in for the next five or 10 years, let's talk about the current situation of your bathroom. If you've decided you need to remodel your bathroom because the way that your bathroom is set up now or the facilities or the appliances that are in your bathroom aren't up to your standards, right? That needs to be better. And you're going to be in the house for five or seven or 10 more years. There's some cost associated with just improving the quality of your life, right? Okay, so you make a decision to remodel the bathroom and you know you're only gonna get 66% out of it, but you still wanna put in heated floors, a heated towel rack, a heated toilet seat, uh, you know, the tub and the large walk-in shower, a bidet, you know, <laughs> two toilets, a urinal, three sinks, you know, wall-to-wall -wall mirrors. I'm just saying. If you want to Im improve your quality of life and it's going to cost you a little extra money to do that, we're not trying to tell you not to do that. If you're going to be there and you're going to get your money out of it by living in it every day, and especially if this is a master bathroom, Corey and I are behind you 100%. You should have the things that you want. And if you can afford to do it, you should do it. Don't let the fact that you're only going to get 66 or 67% of your money back 
Don't let that dissuade you from spending a little extra money to have what you really want, especially if it's in your master bathroom. And I say that because I am currently in the planning stages of remodeling my master bathroom. And I'll tell you what, Corey, I understand 67% return on investment. And I know I'm going to get a little bit better because I'm going to do be doing some of the work myself, but I'm not cutting any corners, buddy. The bathroom is a place where you go first thing in the morning. You're barely awake. The last thing you need is cold floors, you know, a shower that's impractical, uh, a toilet that doesn't squirt you with water. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a place. I feel like that's a place where you want to be pampered. No, I agree with you. I mean, we're going to do ours, and I'm in the same boat. You're going to pamper? Pamper away? Pamper away. All right, we've got to take another quick break. When we come back, more cost versus value. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your working warriors. Don't go away. There's a reason Fortress Railing Products is one of the strongest brands in the railing industry. From commercial, code-tested products to diverse residential styles, Fortress Railing Products is a category creator with a complete line of railing solutions to turn your outdoor space into a living place. Fortress is committed to a higher standard for quality, strength, innovation, versatility, and ease of installation, which means you get a beautiful railing system that stands up to your busy life. Whether you're looking for iron, aluminum, or cable rail, we have the right solution for your outdoor living space. And installation is as easy as one. One, two, three. One, choose your pre-welded, pre-assembled panel. Two, choose your post and bracket. And three, select your personalization options. Fortress, products that inspire, designs that liberate. For a look that reflects your style, choose Marvin Windows and Doors. They'll enhance the essence of a room and the character of a home. Beautifully crafted with the most extensive selection of customizable options, it's easy to complement your vision. Marvin windows and doors are sold only at independent dealers who understand your home is more than your address. It's a feeling you create in a place that holds your dreams. Marvin windows and doors, built around you. Find exceptional service and inspiration at Par Design Center, your local Marvin dealer. Start your project with a trip to their Aloha location, where Par Design Center's experts can help you find easy and stylish replacement solutions for your next remodeling project. Family owned and operated since 1930. Go where the builders go. Par Design Center. Call Par Design Center at 503-614-2655 or visit online at par.com. That's P-A-R-R.com. Preparing your home for winter weather is an easy task for weekend warriors when you have the right tools. Small leaks in doors, windows, and siding can create big problems down the road. So make inspection of these areas a part of your annual home maintenance plan. Caulking that is cracked, peeling or pulling away from your trim can be cut and replaced with OSI Quad Advanced Formula Window, Door, and Siding Sealant. Designed for superior performance on exterior window, door, siding, and trim applications, OSI Quad can be applied to wet or dry surfaces and even at freezing temperatures. Unlike other sealants, Quad resists dirt and dust collection, yellowing, and water washout. Quad is self-tooling, available in a variety of colors, and once cured, is paintable. To learn more about OSI Quad, visit OSIPro.com. 
Whether you're building a new home, remodeling an old home, or re-envisioning your backyard space, if you've got a project, go to Par Lumber for decks, fencing, kitchens, windows, doors, and more. Par Lumber, your neighborhood building and home improvement experts. For true rain screen protection under your exterior siding, not much compares to the unique three-dimensional matrix of Home Slicker. Home Slicker provides a continuous space for drainage and drying, a thermal break, and pressure equalization, eliminating the threat of trapped moisture. Home Slicker is easy to install, ventilates the entire wall surface, can be used behind stone, stucco, and lap siding, saves time and labor costs, and even offers a 50-year warranty. To learn more about Home Slicker, visit BenjaminObdike.com. At PAR, we're more than just lumber, because we know people want more than just lumber. That's why we sell grills, sealers, stains, wheelbarrows, rags, bags, extension cords, shop lights, saws, blades, ladders, and oh yeah, Yeti coolers and Yeti thermoses. Visit your local PAR lumber and find any one of the many, many things that we sell every single day. to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, Tony and I are talking about cost versus value. Uh, there's a report that comes out every year on remodeling.hw.net. What is Sorry. Remodeling.hw.net. Uh, it's Hanley Wood. They do a, a trade magazine for remodeling and building professionals like us. And uh, every year, so what they do is they take these projects, uh, they talk to contractors to see what they would cost to do, and then they talk to real estate agents to see what that would add value, how much value that would add to your home. And it averages out to percentages of how much you get back. And to be honest, I'm just going to throw this out there. For like the umpteenth year in a row, the number one project that you can do for your home that gives you the most bang for your buck, installing a brand new garage door. Huh. Interesting. I think that something plays into that as far as what condition your garage door is now. Oh, sure. But obviously, if you are in need of a garage door, or if your garage door is 15 years old or seen better days, that seems like a very... Uh, easy decision to make. So here's the Replace thing. Replace it. Here's the thing. A garage door replacement, and this is up from last year, was going to cost you about 3600 bucks last year. And they call this an upscale garage door. And I, you know, there's different levels, but <laughs> uh, a new garage door on an upscale house, 3600 bucks, And this year it's about $3,800. Uh, but you're expected to recoup... 4600 Oh, yeah. It pays you money. In 23% return up, excuse me, from last year, which was 97%. So that is one of those projects, though, I would not do myself ever. Don't ever install your own garage door. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. You're absolutely right. But it is a project that you would do because you've done it. You didn't do the work yourself, but you Oh, yeah. You I replaced general the garage door in my house because yeah. the my old garage door was old wooden. wooden. Yep, and it had a little bit of rot in it. The it was saggy. It was ugly. There's a there's a one really specific reason why replacing your garage door gets you such a great return on your investment as well. Curb appeal. Curb appeal. We talk about this all the time. If people are driving by your home 
and they look at your house and your garage door, which is front and center and one of the largest square footage areas of the front of the view of the house, if it's in disrepair or saggy or broken or unpainted or even if it just looks old for whatever reason, even if it works okay, it's going to change people's perception of the value of your home. So if you want your home's value to be apparent and you want it to be up, then that is one thing you need to change. The same goes for the front door. The garage door, just like the front door. Those two items are always topping the list because they're so front and center and apparent for everybody who looks at your home. Let's talk about the entry door for a little bit because on their report, they classify uh, an entry door replacement steel. And they say that you'll get 78% return on that investment. But if you do a fiberglass, what they call a grand entrance, you're going to spend 9600 bucks and you're going to get 85%. You know, but it is my opinion that if you're going to do an entry door replacement, I wouldn't do a steel door, period. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Tony? I mean, I, in my opinion, fiberglass all the way, no matter what. Well, there's no doubt that fiberglass gives you your best uh, performance for the dollars you spend. Steel doors are very inexpensive. Steel door can cost you 150 bucks for a flush door, probably, or 175 bucks maybe for a, for a six-panel door, which is cookie cutter. It does not get more run-of-the-mill, more streamlined than that. Um, and then, of course, you're going to pay probably 200 bucks to have somebody come and install it if, if you have it installed. So you're looking at spending 500 bucks anyways because of the $250 to install. Why not spend an extra $100 or even $150 and get a fiberglass door? The install is going to cost you the same and it's going to give you so much more return on your investment because it's going to last so much longer. Steel doors will rust, they'll dent, they will uh, you know, give you all kinds of trouble and their life expectancy is shorter. A fiberglass door does not uh, dent or rust uh, and it's lighter and it's uh, it's just a, so much of a better door. There are things to consider when replacing your entry door with fiberglass though, Tony. I mean, and you know this just as well as I do that you can't paint a fiberglass door super dark colors if it's in direct sunlight. You know, if, you're, if you've got a big eight foot overhang and that door sits back and never sees, you know, sunlight, <clears throat> go, go ahead, paint it whatever you want. But uh, there, you're kind of limited on those colors. There are paints out there uh, made by certain manufacturers that have UV uh, reflectors in there, essentially, that will reflect that UV light away from the door and not allow it to be absorbed in and allow that door to expand and contract, because that's really the issue, that when that door, uh, say you painted it dark, dark blue, well, it's going to absorb a lot of heat, that door is going to expand, and it might not open. So you don't want to go, that's why you don't want to go with those super dark colors. But if you do want to, say, a super dark blue door, and it's sitting in the sunlight all the time, well, you might have to go steel. Yeah, well, you know, fiberglass is, um, is a little bit less like that in that way than vinyl. Vinyl, for example, is, uh, is a straight no-no with dark paint. Even if you use vinyl safe paint, uh, even the darkest vinyl safe paint is really only a gray. 
So a dark navy blue, a dark black, uh, a hunter green, those are off limits for vinyl doors. Fiberglass doors, a fiberglass is a substrate, so it responds a little bit better, uh, to, but Corey's right, those really dark colors, black, navy blue, hunter green, uh, you wanna steer clear because uh, it can affect the way that your door operates, uh, even a fiberglass door. But you know, uh, if you've got direct sunlight coming right down on that door, maybe it's a good opportunity to grand up your entrance a little bit anyways. A small cover over the top of your entrance, um, a storm door on the front of your entrance. These are things that can really grand up your entrance a little bit. And See, I hate storm doors. And can also extend the life of your door. Well, here's the thing. A lot of people like to have their front door open and they would like to have a screen there. But just an aluminum screen door sometimes doesn't last. You can get a storm door with, with glass in it, self-storing glass. You open up the, the glass window, it leaves a screen behind, allows fresh air to come through the front of the house. You know, a lot of homes, you have to have a front and back entrance open in order to get a really good cross breeze through the house. Uh, no, yeah, you make a good point. You know, however, Thermatrude came out with a really cool product uh, in the last couple of years, uh, the, the, they have entry doors. And if you have side lights, you know, you can get those side lights that open. So you can have screens oh, yeah. in those sides. So you know what I'm saying? If you have a door with two side lights, you can have those side lights open up and sure. get that cross breeze that way. That's a great idea. It's an absolutely great idea. I almost went that route on my the house, on my home. Mm -hmm. I almost went that route, but it is kind of expensive. Uh, it's not for everybody, but... Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, like we mentioned about the curb appeal, making changes to the front of your home like this, um, the amount of money that you'll spend on your entry door, whether it's a grand entry or just a regular entry, any improvements or upgrades that you're making to the door or the entrance area, or of course, like we mentioned, the garage door, these are going to be very high percentage return on your investment, and in some cases, literally paying you to make that improvement. Well, and they say that the grand entrance, which is a big fiberglass unit with sky or side lights, you know, decorative glass, a transom dental, over, yeah, dental rail, maybe the door, the wood is, uh, or the door is stained to look like real wood. Mm -hmm. uh, those sort of, that's a very, very expensive option. And they say that that's going to cost you about 9,600 bucks. Up from almost nine thousand, so that went up about six hundred dollars over the course of a year. But you're going to get back eighty five percent. I mean, that's that's a decent return on your investment. And that's assuming you didn't do any of the work yourself or any of the you know any of the legwork or whatever. So yeah, yeah that's really is great. I'm going to be honest. Installing that sort of system myself, I would be. I'd be a little scared. Well, you, you're going to be a little scared. Let's be honest. I don't know if you're trying to keep this a secret from our listeners or what, but your new entry door is in your garage right now. You've already chosen it. You've gone out and bought it. You've brought it back. And honestly, if I'm not mistaken, it's pre-finished. It is pre-finished. It's pre-finished. So how much of the work have you already done, Corey? And here's the other thing. I'm just throwing this out, folks. He, he may not be willing to admit it, but he fully intends to replace his front door and he fully intends to make it a very grand entrance. And I am quite certain, without a shadow of a doubt, I'll be right by his side. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. When we come back, more cost versus value. Listen to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away.
Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about cost versus value. Uh, we were talking about entry doors last segment. Uh, you know, let's move to the back of the house or, you know, I guess even the front of the house, but let's talk about decks. We're getting into decking season. You're going to start thinking about that deck project that you have in your backyard. And uh, it's time to start that sucker. So, you know, doing a, what they call a mid-range deck would be made out of wood. And I feel like I don't agree with these numbers. They say that a deck is going to cost you $16,000 and it's going to be 16 by 20. And you're essentially adding a deck where there wasn't one before. So if you had a, maybe a builder quality home where, or, you know, like a starter home where the back door just went down to maybe a teeny little patio, right? Sure. So you're going to add a, a 16 by 20 off the ground deck with railing. It's going to cost you about 16 grand. And then they're saying that to do that same deck out of composite is going to cost you 22. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. What are your thoughts there? No, you're right. What is that? $5,000? Yeah, an extra 5 grand to to take your 16 by 20 deck, you know, let's call it cedar. You're going to say it's 16 by 20 cedar deck. Cedar right now is rather expensive. Here in the Pacific Northwest, probably close to $2 a foot for right. two by six. Right. If, you, if you're calling that, you know, 800 linear feet of decking. I think a 16 by 20 deck would be about 800 linear feet of decking. Okay. At two bucks a foot. 1600 bucks. $1,600. There is composite decking material. Available today at Par Lumber Company. Yeah, for sub $2 a foot. Yeah, that's so, right. So there's no increase there. But then at the same time, there's uh, there's there's also elite decking, which is uh, pressure treated material. It's a little bit less than two dollars a foot, more like a dollar and a quarter. I think it's closer to a buck fifty. But so yeah, I see what you're saying. There there. there are some things that you can look at. But here's the thing, folks. What we're trying to tell you is almost wherever you're getting wood of any kind, unless you're buying untreated fir or hemlock or something that's just dry, which is not a good idea. We're not supporting that decision, right? If you're buying cedar or treated, which are the two most common exterior decking type surfaces that are wood um, and not something that's exotic like uh, Maranti or mahogany or Epe, right? Like which are a lot more expensive. If you're going from this regular inexpensive wood, you can actually get tr composite material right now that is the same price or so close that it's not even worth talking about at the very least. Yeah, I agree. And you know, and the th here's the thing that I'm, that I kind of disagree with in that the mid range wood deck will net you 88% return on your investment. What they're saying above that is that a composite deck would net you 84%. Mm -hmm. So a real estate agent's looking at, at that and saying, well, a deck is a deck is a deck. Right. But I think in my opinion, I feel like homeowners are a little more savvy. They're going to look at that and go, man, a wood deck. I'm going to have to stay in that every year. Exactly. You know, you're, you're not equating in the factors of 
maintenance. That wood deck doesn't have a warranty. No. You know, if you walk into a, a home with a new deck built on it that's made out of composite decking, I feel like our listeners especially would look at that and say, man, that is some value added stuff right there. Even if it's the least expensive that's available. The least expensive that, because the performance on the least expensive decking you can buy by Trex or by TimberTech, they still have a, a great warranty and right. the performance is fantastic. Absolutely. Not to mention, they look newer, longer. I get wood is great. Wood is great. And if you love wood so much that you're willing to make it a part of your yearly regimen to go out there and clean it and strip it and restain it and love that wood look, then more power to you. I love that. Wood is beautiful. But if you want something that looks great for years and years and years and you don't want to have to work on it, or spend that time, then composite is definitely the way to go, and it doesn't have to cost you more money. There are a few things. Wood, for example, will span two feet. Composite does not. It's 16 right. inches. Right. There's a little bit more framing, which means a little bit more hardware. Also, if you're going to do composite right, you're probably going to want to use blind fasteners, which means edge-grooved boards. Blind fasteners are a little bit more money. It's not a lot. Maybe 25 cents or 35 cents a square foot or 50 cents a square foot. But again, uh, it's not a lot for something that's a little bit better. But these are the things that they're talking about that are different. Um, a little bit more framing, a little bit more on the fasteners, and yet ultimately in the end, you end up with something that's got an, a, a warranty, a really good warranty, by the way, and, uh, and looks new longer. And that, for a lot of us, is really what we want. Well, and here's something to consider as well that we didn't talk on about is the railing composite deck railing is quite a bit more expensive than wood i mean you can get a very inexpensive wood cedar hand railing put together for 25 bucks a foot 25 dollars a linear foot the minute you switch into a composite i mean you're talking anywhere between 40 and 50 50 you know or and or north of that or north know? of that sure you know if you want a good com uh, cable rail. Yeah, you can sure. pay upwards of $100 a foot to have a decent cable rail system put in. Yeah. Uh, glass panels are up in that range up there, too. Sure. And uh, there's a lot of options out there, folks. A lot. And you can have the most amazing thing. The, the composite decking manufacturers now are making it so that parts and pieces can be interchanged. You can have one color top rail with a different color uh baluster pack with a different color post caps there's a lot of interchanging parts and, and it can all work and you can really customize your deck rail but the, it's up there the cost of it is up there the other thing too that we should probably touch on is if you're considering building a deck and it's under a certain threshold you don't even need railing I'm not sure what that is you think it's around it's 28 to 30 inches 28 to 30 inches yeah, off the ground if right it's there. below that you don't even have to worry about railing. Absolutely not. That's right. But here's another thing to consider. If it's over eight feet, you'll probably have to go to the city with an engineered set of plans and get that permitted. Yes. You can't just go out and start slapping up a deck that's eight feet off the ground. Uh, you have to actually go get plans drawn. You have to go get them engineered. They have to come out and check it and make sure you did it right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Yeah. There's a lot of things there uh, to consider. And then, you know, that permit's going to cost some money as well. 
But at 84% return on investment or 88% return on investment, a deck outside your home, if there's not one there already, is without a doubt one of the projects that's going to give you a great return on your investment. It's all about outdoor living. In my opinion, this is the one that you can really use a lot and really get a great return on your investment. This is a good choice. If it's on your radar, this is a good choice. And springing of a little extra for a cover over that deck also is not a bad idea. Just just adds a little bit more money. we got to take another quick break, folks, when we come back. More cost versus value. You won't want to miss this. You listen to Tony Core, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Being a homeowner in today's market isn't easy. With families hanging on to their homes longer, energy efficiency and long-term quality have become top priorities. Future generations will benefit from the choices you make today. Make the right choice. Invest in your family's future with Plygem Windows, available at area par lumber locations. You'll enjoy designer, low-maintenance windows at a price that won't jeopardize the kids' college fund. They're approved by the National Association of Home Builders and Energy Star Certified. So why do people shop at PAR? Because we know that people who want to build need selection, competitive pricing, on-time delivery, and real experts who really know how to give expert advice. Just ask Shana. We help design projects all the time. Let's take a look at your plans. That's why people shop at PAR. If you've got a project you need help with, visit any one of our PAR locations across the Pacific Northwest. To find a location near you, visit PARR.com. For a look that reflects your style, choose Marvin Windows and Doors. They'll enhance the essence of a room and the character of a home. Beautifully crafted with the most extensive selection of customizable options, it's easy to complement your vision. Marvin Windows and Doors are sold only at independent dealers who understand your home is more than your address. It's a feeling you create in a place that holds your dreams. Marvin Windows and Doors built around you. Find exceptional service and inspiration at Par Design Center, your local Marvin dealer. Start your project with a trip to their Aloha location, where Par Design Center's experts can help you find easy and stylish replacement solutions for your next remodeling project. Family owned and operated since 1930. Go where the builders go. Par Design Center. Call Par Design Center at 503-614-2655 or visit online at par.com. That's P-A-R-R.com. Trex is the world's number one decking brand and the inventor of wood alternative composite decking. Trex is committed to helping you create a low maintenance backyard retreat that can handle the outdoors without depleting them and will do so for decades because your weekends should be spent relaxing on your deck, not repairing it. Choose from four distinct collections in 21 colors to meet any design aesthetic on any budget with the comfort of a 25 year fade and stain warranty. Trex, outdoor living elevated. Visit trex.com for more. When you want to enhance your home's curb appeal with the look of real wood, choose real wood, like Shakertown Cedar Siding. The genuine natural color and grain of Shakertown products offers a great cedar siding solution for your project, adding dimension and drama to your home's exterior. 
Whether you select individual sidewall shakes, pre-manufactured Craftsman shingle panels, or pre-primed Cedar Cove shingle panels, your cedar siding will stand the test of time, outlasting building trends and its competition. Made with 100% clear vertical grain heartwood cedar, nothing compares to the rich appearance and outstanding performance of our cedar shingle panels. They resist the effects of the sun, rain, pests, and time. For 50 years, Shaker Town has been beautifying and protecting homes. A true American original. Visit shakertown.com to learn more. At PAR, we're more than just lumber. Because we know people want more than just lumber. That's why we sell grills, sealers, stains, wheelbarrows, rags, bags, extension cords, shop lights, saws, blades, ladders, and, oh yeah, Yeti coolers and Yeti thermoses. Visit your local PAR Lumber and find any one of the many, many things that we sell every single day. show everybody thanks for staying with us today in the show tony or talk tony and i are talking about cost versus value uh, we're just talking about decks but let's move inside the house kitchens yeah a mid-range what they call a mid-range kitchen remodel uh, will cost you um, they call us a major kitchen remodel so you're gutting it down to nothing new cabinets new island new everything new countertops it's going to cost you about seventy two thousand dollars and you're going to get 68% back on that money. Then they have an upscale kitchen remodel. And let's talk about the differences. The, the, the uh, mid-range, it's laminate countertops, stainless steel sink, basic um, faucet, standard energy-efficient appliances. You know, no real bells and whistles there. $72,000. Yeah, those are Yeah, those are cabinets right off of the shelf, right? They're pre-built in a warehouse. You've chosen these specific sizes and SKUs. You've made them work inside your kitchen, not custom cabinets, right? Um, and not and not built-ins. So those would be something that would be different. In this case, you've chosen these cabinet sizes. They fit in your space, and you had them installed. Yeah, so that would cost you around if you paid somebody to do it seventy-two five. And you're going to get back around 68%. Then they're saying an upscale kitchen remodel uh, would cost you about $143,000. Uh, but you would only get back about 62000 or I'm sorry, 62% of that money. That's a really low percentage return on your investment. Absolutely. And I, and I just think that's crazy because in any, any known universe... The kitchen is what sells the house. Absolutely. It's the heart of the home. Yeah. And I, I have to think that there are some things that go into the decision making when they're making this list that maybe don't fit everybody's criteria. Um, so when I'm thinking about this, I, I look at that number, Corey, uh, the 150000 You know what? I'm not even going to do that. That's upscale. Okay. Let's say that $150,000, what percentage... In your mind, without doing a lot of math, what percentage should the, the value of the kitchen be compared to the total price value of your home? 
So you're saying, would you spend $150,000 on a kitchen remodel if your home is worth $300,000? No. What Absolutely about Absolutely not. I mean, would your home have to be like three quarters of a million dollars to spend $150,000 on the kitchen? I don't know. You I know, don't I, either. That's a, that's a thing that you have to, you know, the, we've been talking about this during the breaks, is that, at, like you said, at what point are you going to spend that much? But at what point is somebody going to come in and say, um, I don't want laminate. I want quartz right. or granite. Right. Or I want uh, stainless steel appliances. Or I want this and I want that. At what point? See, I would expect that a $300,000 house that I walked into would not have laminate countertops. Right. But I mean, maybe I'm way off there. $185,000 house, maybe that's 10 or 20 years old, right? Um, but then again, there's a lot of different things that play into the value of a home that don't have anything to do with the kitchen. However, take into consideration how much you're willing to spend and compare it to the value of the home. You just don't want to overdo it and then take into consideration. I know we've said this, I'm, this is one more time. Take into consideration the value of the homes that are around you. It's very important. The kitchen is an easy place to splurge. Well, I totally agree with you, you know, and I, you know, I guess I wouldn't have been allowed to not put certain things in our kitchen. We just, I just did a kitchen remodel a couple of years ago, and I would say that my kitchen remodel is definitely upscale. I mean, we put a lot of things in that kitchen that I was able to do because I did them myself. You know, I didn't pay a contractor to come in here and do a majority of the work. Tony and I did a majority of the work. Really? And I feel like there was just certain things. There is no way that I could have not have put in, you know, quartz countertops. My wife absolutely wanted quartz countertops. Tile backsplash. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Uh, What I'm saying is this. A kitchen remodel is one of those examples of a, of a job that you can have a lot to do with. Uh, demo of the current kitchen, cleanup, discard of the materials, all of these things, even going out and buying, having delivered the materials uh, that you're going back in there. All of this stuff can reduce the amount of money that you would spend on a general contractor who was handling your job for you, there's a lot of opportunity in a kitchen remodel, in my opinion, to save some money. Well, let's go over some of the things that I didn't do in my kitchen. There are some things you didn't do in yours. Uh, The things in my kitchen that I paid a contractor to come out and do, uh, the electrical work. Um, I paid a contractor to actually install my cabinets. I picked them out. I did the design with the cabinet maker, the cabinet maker design or, uh, delivered them, but I paid a guy to come over and install them for me. He did all the crown molding, all those crazy cuts. Um, I paid somebody to paint the cabinets with like seven or eight layers. How many coats of uh, paint did they put? It was like seven or eight. It was a lot. It was a ton. Well, there was three coats of primer before they put on the first finished coat of paint. Yeah, that's true. So I paid a guy to do that. Uh, I did all the tile work, all the flooring. Oh, I paid a sheetrocker because everybody knows I won't do sheetrock. Right. Um, so he did the tape, or he did, yeah, he did the tape, mud, and texture. I primed all the walls and ceiling with PVA primer. I did all the painting. I put all the trim in, 
all I did all of the caulking. Um, you, I, I did pay somebody to do the countertops. You leveraged with a contractor for the plumbing and helped. In That's that. true. I did. We, I mean, we did some of the plumbing, and we had a friend come and do some of the plumbing. Uh, he was a he's a licensed plumber, but also a very close. So we got a pretty good deal on that. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able to do that, right? Whether whether your friend is licensed and bonded as a contractor or just a friend who's handy, you're going to use those relationships, or you certainly should, right? There, there's bound to be, if you're friends, there's bound to be something you can offer in return. And so uh, I feel like you should. It's like, it's like always asking your friend with the truck. <laughs> yeah, to help you move. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tony has a truck. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I hired a sheetrocker. Um, and it was a very small portion of work that he had to do, but uh, I didn't want to do it myself. Well, I, I saw some of the sheetrock you did yourself. I did. And a, I urged you to hire a yeah, sheetrocker. I did. I did. Yeah. Um, I brought a friend over that's a contractor. He helped me install our pre-made cabinets. We did a great job. They turned out really good. Um, and so I didn't have to pay him. Um, we hired a, uh, an electrical, an electrician. <laughs> We hired an electrician who came out and did the electrical work. Uh, I did a little bit with my dad, who's a re- an electrician, um, but we did hire a guy to come in and do the heavy lifting. And so apart from, I did my own plumbing. Apart from that, um, everything was really, honestly, just us. We installed our own flooring. You and I yep, did that. we did that. Sourced it, brought it, installed it, um, and we did all of our own painting. And it, it turned out really great. And honestly, we ended up with probably... 200% return on our investment. Oh, I agree. An absolutely amazing result. Super exciting. I love those projects, Corey. I could just do it and do it and do it and never stop. Except you get tired. Well, oh, man, sure, after but... my kitchen remodel, my kitchen remodel took eight months. That is the one thing that I kind of forget about sometimes that, oh, I did it myself. I'd be, oh, I loved it. I'd be happy to do it again until I realized that it did take eight months and I had a makeshift plastic table in my dining room that I had at my kitchen that was technically my kitchen, a microwave and all my food and all that stuff sat in there for eight months. So I don't know. I I don't know if I would do that again. Oh, you do it again because the reward is insurmountable. It's absolutely amazing. You got everything you wanted. You had everything to do with it. And uh, if I paid somebody to come out and do it there, I wouldn't have nearly the niceness right absolutely you wouldn't feel the sense of satisfaction that you feel every moment you spend in your kitchen we got to take another quick break when we come back more cost versus value you won't want to miss this don't go away we'll be right back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. Today in the show, we're talking about cost versus value. And uh, we've went from uh, inside of the house. Let's move back to the outside of the house. Yeah. Manufactured stone veneer is on their list at ninety five hundred bucks, and you're going to get a hundred and ten percent return on that investment. You spend ninety five, you're going to get about ten thousand five hundred in value. So Tony and I have some differing, not differing, 
We, we our opinions differ from their stats that they've got there. Uh, we are building material suppliers, so we look at numbers and costs of material and that sort of thing and all the things that go along with it a lot. I mean, every day, that's yeah, every all day. we do. And so we have a pretty good idea what this kind of stuff costs and how much goes into it and all of that. And really, this one for me, Corey, is off. It's a skewed. It seems unrealistic. It does seem unreal. I cannot imagine. They're saying 300 square feet of siding gets removed and replaced with a stone veneer. And they're saying it's happening for $9,500. The fact is, um, that's a, probably about half, in my opinion, what it would actually cost. And so I feel like they're off base there a little bit. That probably should say $20,000. Well, I mean, it's they're saying $9,500. bucks. It's 300 square feet. So you're saying you're only paying about $32 per square foot. For cost of material and labor. Labor and materials. Yeah. It does seem a bit... L- yeah, it's just... Isn't Maybe a- I'm wrong. Maybe we're totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a stone contractor out there that's going to call up and say, yeah, 32 bucks a square foot, that's... All day long. Right in there. Maybe. Uh, probably not, but maybe. Um, but either way, Tone, Yeah. that uh, return on investment, and it, again, it goes back to, it seems like to, to me, the curb appeal type things are really getting you the most return on your investment. Oh, no, but I mean, 110% return on your investment is is phenomenal. What Absolutely if, what phenomenal. What if you just painted the front of your house to look like stone? What if you like used... 500% return. What if you used f- faux stone? Faux stone. Stone? Faux, faux stone. F- stone? What if you took um, some styrofoam and carved it to look like stone and then painted it to look like i think they make that product yeah i think they do too i think they do uh here's the thing Uh, adding character to the outside or the front of the outside of your home is always a good idea as long as it's done in good taste there's stuff you can put on there that doesn't look good if you put stuff on there that looks good stone veneer is a prime example of that you're going to get a nice return on that investment as long as you, like I say, choosing the right product and, and the, pro- the project is done right and it looks good, it's definitely a good way to go. Totally. All right. The next thing on the list here is Master Suite. This is a good one. Yeah. They say that uh, there's, there's two different versions here. There's a, a mid-range Master Suite edition, and then there's a Master Suite edition that's upscale. And there's quite a bit of difference in the pricing the uh master suite edition the mid-range one is adding on 380 square feet and the upscale one was adding on 640 square feet so the master the mid-range was they say it's going to cost you about one hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars. we extrapolated that to come to a square foot price of almost four hundred dollars per square foot that seems crazy to me. That is so much money. Uh, and then, it, you know, you made a comment actually during the break. Some of this stuff has to be taken with a grain of salt because California's in here, right? As the Pacific Northwest, you've got California. Their home prices are different than ours, right? They're like a little more inflated. Yeah, totally. Right? Because, of ho- because of Hollywood and celebrities, maybe, or whatever, because of the sun. Is I don't the, know. Maybe it's the smog. I don't live there. I don't live there either. But whatever it is about sunny California, uh, their homes are a little more expensive. So, But that's okay because this is still giving you a very good idea 
of what your percentage of return is uh, in your area. And uh, the fact is, it costs us a little bit less to do uh, what they're doing here, um, but your return on investment is still going to be is still going to be you know similar. Yeah, and they say that a mid-range uh, Master Suite Edition will net you about a seventy percent return on that investment, and that includes this is this is an addition. You're actually adding onto the square footage of your home, and you're getting a master bedroom, a walk-in closet, and a new master bathroom. Mm-hmm. The upscale uh, Master Suite Edition is quite a bit different. You're adding on a, a lot more square footage, 30 by 20. I mean, they're putting in French doors, walk-in closet with walk-in shower, a fireplace, a sitting area. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more going on in the upscale. Uh, but that one's they're saying, is running you about $500 a square foot. That's a lot of money. That's, That's a lot, lot of do-re-mi, baby. That's a $309,000 addition. Yeah. I mean, come on. Just that seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. I mean, and but of course, you and I don't necessarily own, you know, $1.5 million homes. So maybe we, you know, our view, honestly, is limited a little. Uh, that's a big thing. That's a lot of money uh, for, to add a master suite. But let's just focus on the percentage of return for the upscale. Which is by far the lowest on this list. Yeah. For this the is the least amount of return on your investment. Master suite edition. You're only getting close to 57% return on your investment. So if if your choice is um, re- get a new kitchen or get a new master suite, right? The, the return on investment is going to be kitchen every time. Yeah. So it all just depends on... And again, that's on... not remodel. That's addition. You're addition. adding on square right. footage to your home. Right. You're spending $500 a square foot. You know, in a market, and I guess that's what you'd have to look at. And that's probably what you would want to talk to if you're having a contractor do it is what are they, what are you averaging about per square foot to get that addition done? And then what are you, talk to the real estate agents and what are houses selling for per square foot in your neighborhood? I mean, it could be quite a bit different. Like they're like here, $500. I mean, I don't know what the average is right now. It's about 150 in our area. So $150. So you're paying. Man, that that is a terrible return on investment. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, but you just have to uh, take those things into consideration when you're deciding what you want to do. Also, if you were remodeling your master suite instead of adding on a master suite, then you're spending less money to achieve the same result, um, and you gives you a little bit more money to spend on the finer things. We we talked already about a bathroom remodel. If this is a master suite remodel and you're adding a an organizer to your closet, you're adding a little more square footage to your bathroom by closing up a little bit of space in your master bedroom. Um, I mean, here's the thing. If you've got a 20 by 20 bedroom and, uh, and a five by six master bath, there's an opportunity right there. Yeah. If, you're, if your closet is six by 12, uh, there's an opportunity right there. Corey already knows. Corey added a closet in his master bedroom. The fact was he had extra space in the bedroom that he wasn't using, but needed closet space so badly. Yeah, the master closet in my bedroom was only four foot by four foot. Yes, very small. Very small. Not enough for you to have all of your stuff and your wife to have all of her stuff. 
but you did realize that the room itself was plenty big to fit your bed and your dressers and your other things. And so you clipped off a little bit of that room, added a closet, and then splurged for a closet organizer, which is absolutely gorgeous, lighted, and amazing. So there's an opportunity, uh, in my opinion, to improve your master suite without pouring a footprint and adding something big and spending so much money. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there is one thing that we missed there, and that was the uh, minor kitchen remodel. Uh, if you're just going to do a minor kitchen remodel and you know freshen up your kitchen, you're going to get a pretty decent return on that at 87%. Ooh, nice. It only costs you about 25 grand. Ooh, that is a good one. I absolutely agree with that. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, that, I feel like I was down there, down in that area when I was doing my kitchen. <laughs> and because, you know, you do things on a budget. We got to take one last quick break, and then we'll wrap this baby up. You won't want to miss it. Don't go away. You're listening to Tony Core, your Weekend Warriors. We'll be right back. There's a reason Fortress Railing Products is one of the strongest brands in the railing industry. From commercial, code-tested products to diverse residential styles, Fortress Railing Products is a category creator with a complete line of railing solutions to turn your outdoor space into a living place. Fortress is committed to a higher standard for quality, strength, innovation, versatility, and ease of installation, which means you get a beautiful railing system that stands up to your busy life. Whether you're looking for iron, aluminum, or cable rail, we have the right solution for your outdoor living space. And installation is as easy as one. One, two, three. One, choose your pre-welded, pre-assembled panel. Two, choose your post and bracket. And three, select your personalization options. Fortress, products that inspire, designs that liberate. For a look that reflects your style, choose Marvin Windows and Doors. They'll enhance the essence of a room and the character of a home. Beautifully crafted with the most extensive selection of customizable options, it's easy to complement your vision. Marvin windows and doors are sold only at independent dealers who understand your home is more than your address. It's a feeling you create in a place that holds your dreams. Marvin windows and doors, built around you. Find exceptional service and inspiration at Par Design Center, your local Marvin dealer. Start your project with a trip to their Aloha location, where Par Design Center's experts can help you find easy and stylish replacement solutions for your next remodeling project. Family owned and operated since 1930. Go where the builders go. Par Design Center. Call Par Design Center at 503-614-2655 or visit online at par.com. That's P-A-R-R.com. Preparing your home for winter weather is an easy task for weekend warriors when you have the right tools. Small leaks in doors, windows, and siding can create big problems down the road. So make inspection of these areas a part of your annual home maintenance plan. Caulking that is cracked, peeling or pulling away from your trim can be cut and replaced with OSI Quad Advanced Formula Window, Door, and Siding Sealant. Designed for superior performance on exterior window, door, siding, and trim applications, OSI Quad can be applied to wet or dry surfaces and even at freezing temperatures. Unlike other sealants, Quad resists dirt and dust collection, yellowing, and water washout. Quad is self-tooling, available in a variety of colors, and once cured, is paintable. To learn more about OSI Quad, visit OSIPro.com. 
Whether you're building a new home, remodeling an old home, or re-envisioning your backyard space, if you've got a project, go to Par Lumber for decks, fencing, kitchens, windows, doors, and more. Par Lumber, your neighborhood building and home improvement experts. For Trill rain screen protection under your exterior siding, not much compares to the unique three-dimensional matrix of Home Slicker. Home Slicker provides a continuous space for drainage and drying, a thermal break, and pressure equalization, eliminating the threat of trapped moisture. Home Slicker is easy to install, ventilates the entire wall surface, can be used behind stone, stucco, and lap siding, saves time and labor costs, and even offers a 50-year warranty. To learn more about Home Slicker, visit BenjaminObdike.com. At PAR, we're more than just lumber, because we know people want more than just lumber. That's why we sell grills, sealers, stains, wheelbarrows, rags, bags, extension cords, shop lights, saws, blades, ladders, and oh yeah, Yeti coolers and Yeti thermoses. Visit your local PAR lumber and find any one of the many, many things that we sell every single day. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. If you haven't already, go check out our social media pages. Uh, you can go check out our website at par.com. That's P-A-R-R.com. Click on the Weekend Warriors link. That'll take you over to our website, which is www.homeshow.com. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, YouTube. Uh, we're, we have all of our video podcasts being uploaded on there. Our our audio podcasts are also being uploaded on there, so you can subscribe to that. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're going to be doing all kinds of how-to videos and things like that this year. So we're excited to hear from you. If you want to send us an email or comment, uh, send an email to weekendwarriors at par.com. And uh, we, we love hearing from you. Absolutely. We do. Uh, we've been talking about cost versus value. It's a report that's put out in a magazine. Um, and uh, it's really interesting to look at. It tells you if you spend X amount of dollars on a project in your home, how much of that can you expect to get back when you sell the home? What is the value of the money that you're spending? And so we've been covering all these projects, and we're down to the last three that are on the list. Um, the, they're outside, the first of which is uh, your roofing. Replacing the roofing on your home. I think... Pretty regularly, we think about that, Corey, as um, actually something that has to get done at some yeah. certain point, and it doesn't really matter <laughs> whether, you're kind getting, of a bummer. <laughs> whether you're getting money back for it or not. Because here's the thing, folks. If your roofing is not doing the job, then you're definitely not getting your money out of it. If it is doing its job, then everybody's happy, right? Yeah. So um, you, it's something you've got to do. It's an expense that you're going to incur at some point. Roofing only has a, a certain lifetime uh, expectancy, and when it reaches it, it needs to be replaced. Corey, you had a scare recently when it comes to roofing. Yeah, we put in um, so several, right when we bought our home, the roof leaked almost immediately, and we knew it. The roof was in pretty bad shape; it had patches all over it. We had roofers come over and look at it and give us their assessment, and uh, they were like, "Man, this thing." 
this thing's going to be need, need to be replaced. And you budgeted that. Surely. Yeah, we did. When you bought the house, you knew that was something you were going to have to do. Yep. And we had that money set aside, ready to go. And literally it was like three weeks. We moved in three weeks later, water's pouring in and flooding into our kitchen. Could not believe it. So we, uh, we had to get the roof replaced and we started tearing it off and it was in such bad shape. The tar paper underneath was all soaking wet. And this was in the middle of December. It was awful. So we, the roofer could only come over and work on days that it wasn't pouring. Lots of tarps. Uh, we, uh, we put on a nicer roof than normal. You put on a gym. We, you, you put on the, the really nice stuff. We went with presidential. And the reason I did that is because I didn't want to ever deal with this roof again. I never wanted to deal with it again, you know, for as long as I lived in the house. And the price difference to me was minimal. Right. Totally worth it, right? I didn't feel like it was that much more to go presidential. So we went that route. And one of the things that makes presidential roofing or more expensive roofing is more expensive. It's more layers of product. It's heavier. It lays down better. And it's not as affected by the weather, wind and rain and those types of things because it's really heavy laying down there, doing a really great job for a long time. And so that's what makes it a little more expensive. And and I was really impressed with the look and feel of your roofing after it was done. Yeah, you know, and it, it's interesting you say the, the weight. Uh, when you go and speak to the roofing suppliers now, they talk about weight per square. They don't say, you know, I got, I want a 20-year roof or a 50-year roof or whatever that is anymore. That stuff, that doesn't exist. Everything now is what's called a lifetime roof, but it's all described in weights. So you can buy, you know, a 200-pound per square roof, or you can buy a 300-pound per square roof. And the heavier that roofing product is, the longer it will last, just by sheer volume. And that's the truth. Right. That makes perfect sense. So the presidential is the heaviest you can get. So anyway, I did that. I put that on there, but I had a, I had a roof leak. I had a roof leak. Just recently. Very recently. A big scare. It did scare me. And I had, a, I had the roofer come out. I had another separate roofer come out from the guy that installed it because I wanted a, right. you know, a, another professional opinion. Right. And he says, you know what? He did everything correctly. This roof is awesome. He said, it's perfect. The only thing, the reason the roof leaked was technically it was my fault <laughs> in that the debris around one of the vents that built up had built up. But he said the reason it had built up in the first place was because the roofing was cut too tightly. He cut it too perfectly around that vent. So he wanted me to open that up and widen that out so it'll allow the water to drain around it. And, and things, not, little obstructions can flow through. Yes, and not capture right. that debris. Which kind of made, it built a little uh, organic ramp for the water to just <laughs> exactly. zoom right up and go right down through the vent. And that is exactly what happened. Right down to the ceiling and drip right through your canned light Onto the floor. Oh, man. And your... the worst part was we were out of town for the weekend. I know it. it I came home. That's I... the way it works. Murphy's Law. Ugh, brutal. Such a sad situation. But the good news was you didn't have to spend a lot of money to get it fixed. You just needed to understand it. You understand it. And, of course, your roofer did a great job. And you know that your roofing is performing. And all of those things are great. And so that turned out okay. But roofing, what is your return on investment if you have to replace your roof? About 77%.
for an average asphalt roof. Now, if you're going metal, it's going to cost you a bit more. They're saying an average roof replacement with asphalt singles, shingles, about $25,000. I feel like that price is a little, a little high. When I got my roof done and I got, I mean, it was, it says here 30 squares and that's about the same size as my roof. And I paid nowhere near that. <laughs> nowhere near that. Yeah. So, I mean, but it, you know, I got several bids on my roof that were half of that price. Mm-hmm. Several bids. But you so, didn't go with the cheapest price either. I did not. So anyway, um, I feel like maybe a little California's rolled into that price. Yeah. Seventy-seven percent is not a bad number, especially for something that you just have to get done when you have to get it done. That is the pits, right? Yeah. Um, so here's another thing, you know, siding. Uh, it's these things on the outside of your home that keep the weather out and keep the heat and comfort in. These are things that have to get done. If it's got to get done, it's got to get done. But you know what? Um, in some situations, you buy the best product that's out there. And in some situations, you don't necessarily have to. These are decisions that you have to make when you're faced with this situation. Yeah, we said it earlier. If you live in a neighborhood that's, you know, 250, 300 range, you don't want to put a siding product on your house like uh, ePay. You know, ePay is actually really popular right now to put on the side of your house. That is very expensive per square foot. Yeah. I mean, it could cost upwards of $20 a square foot versus something like James Hardy. Right. James Hardy is sub dollar 50 right below a dollar 50 per square foot for the product yeah so and then you equate labor and you know the paper and the you know the west weather resistant barriers and all those things that go into that of course Mm -hmm. but you know just just product for product i mean i don't think you can beat james hardy yeah agreed and you know james hardy honestly makes uh, two different products i mean it's the same product um but they treat one a little bit better uh their core product maybe he's got uh, multiple coats of paint, multiple coats of primer on it, and and it, much it, better warranty. Yeah, much better warranty. The the um, grain pattern is repeated less often, so you don't have the up, you know, the the situation where you do one big giant wall and you can kind of see a a repeating pattern there. Um, but they do have a less expensive product that is made the same way, but with some differences. Maybe not as many coats of primer, or uh, maybe maybe the grain pattern repeats a little more often, but there's opportunities to save money even within the same manufacturer of some products. Yeah, they call that product Semplank. That's right. It's made by James Hardy, but there is one caveat to that product. They only make it in eight and a quarter, and they only make it in cedar mill, you know, the wood grain texture. You can't get it in smooth. You can't get it in six and a quarter. You can't get it in anything. Right. Eight and a quarter is all you get, and it's primered gray. Generally, when a manufacturer has a streamlined product, it's less expensive, but it's limited as to what you can do with it. And that's why. It has that purpose specifically for saving money and getting a quality product on the wall, but you don't get any options with it. That's right. (laughs) Uh, The last thing, really, uh, Corey, uh, did we give that out? What was the percentage of of return on a siding replacement? Almost 85%. That's That's really good. good. Yeah, that's good. The last one really uh, is window replacement, which is another thing you save on the backside when you're not paying as much for your heating bill. But window replacement, 83, 83.5% return on your investment. It's a really good one to do. All right, we're out of time. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here. The Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great one.